Good afternoon, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 is the number if you want to be part of the conversation. Lots of conversations to be had today, but I want to start today where I started yesterday because there is some development. Now, if you were here yesterday, you heard me talk about the First Amendment case that was before a U.S. District Judge in New Orleans, Judge Terry Doughty, Doughty, whatever, uh, Judge Doughty uh, in New Orleans. Now, Jeff Landry was part of the uh, was part of this lawsuit, part of this case. Uh, it's the case is Missouri versus Biden administration or Missouri versus Biden. Biden, his administration, lots of officials in his administration, they are the defendants in the case. The case was actually brought by former uh, Missouri Attorney General and current U.S. Senator Eric Schmidt. Jeff Landry had joined in on that case, and uh, they got an initial good win in this court in New Orleans. Basically, what the judge wrote in that case is that based on the evidence that we see, yes, the Biden administration through its partnership and through its work with social media companies, was censoring political dissent. And it also stated, and this is what's really important, that the social media companies, because they were doing it at the behest of the federal government, federal restrictions on abridging the First Amendment did apply. Now, normally, these are private companies. And these private companies can do what they want. It is not censorship because the First Amendment applies to the government. But if they, if these social media companies are working with the government and coordinating with the government, then they do fall under the purview of the First Amendment and the freedom of speech. In the ruling, the judge, uh, the judge said. These uh, the that the federal government, there's an injunction against the Biden administration from further coordinating with these social media companies in an effort to silence free speech. That was the ruling. And the Biden administration has appealed that injunction. Let me repeat that. The judge told the Biden administration You cannot coordinate, you cannot meet with, you cannot have discussions with social media companies about silencing opposition, and the Biden administration's response was to appeal it. Now, the left and the media are freaking out about this ruling, and it's because the ruling deals with what they call misinformation regarding COVID-19. The New York Times, so... Full disclosure: One of the reasons that uh, one of the reasons that I've, I've always kind of laughed and said there's no way I should be a conservative is that I went to a liberal arts school and got a degree in journalism. What made matters worse is that I got a I got double majored in sociology, and then I left journalism to go into education. None of that should mean that I'm a conservative, and yet here I am. But one of the things you learn when you go to school for journalism is you learn about First Amendment law and constitutional law. 
I took a uh, media constitutional law course, and one of the very first things that you were introduced to is a, is a Supreme Court case, New York Times versus Sullivan. New York Times Sullivan was a landmark U.S. Supreme Court decision regarding the First Amendment and the freedom of speech. It protects journalists from being sued by by politicians for defamation depending on certain criteria. Not only must a politician prove the normal elements of defamation, publication of false defamatory statement to a third party, they must also prove that the statement was made with actual malice, which means the defendant knew the statement was false or recklessly disregarded whether it might be false. This Supreme Court case paved the way to allow for journalists to write stories about politicians based on the reporting, based on their sources, and politicians hated it. It gave the media an extra level of protection with regards to the freedom of speech. That case was decided in 1964. Here we are, 59 years later, from the New York Times today. The case involving the Biden administration's interactions with social media platforms is a flashpoint in conservatives' efforts to show what they say is liberal conspiracy to silence their views. The outcome could shape the future of First Amendment law. The New York Times reads the case, looks at the opinion, looks at the ruling from Judge Dowdy in New Orleans, and decides that this is about a conspiracy and that this would be bad. That normal people, you and me on social media, who would might be targeted by social media companies because the government wants the things that we'd be posting to be shut down, that's not the issue. The issue is that it's a conspiracy about liberals. This, from the New York Times in particular, is fairly telling. The New York Times says that the judge expressed little skepticism about debunked claims from vaccine skeptics. In one previous case, Judge Dowdy accepted as fact the claim that COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of the disease. It may come as a shock to some of you listening. That is not a falsehood. That is true. Multiple studies confirm that the COVID-19 vaccines do not prevent transmission of the disease, but instead protect the vaccinated person. Let me repeat that. 
a vaccine doesn't prevent transmission. If you get COVID-19, you are going to transmit it. But multiple studies show that if you get the vaccine, you are less likely to get COVID-19. Multiple Biden officials after Dowdy's ruling the other day, or after, yeah, uh, after Dowdy's ruling, multiple Biden officials canceled standing meetings they had with officials at Facebook and other social media companies. The left and the Biden administration are freaking out because they are being told they cannot coordinate with social media companies to silence dissent, silence opposing political views. And yes, this is political. Remember the other day when outgoing CDC uh, head director Rochelle Walensky warned of politicized science. This is an example of that. It's not coming from the right. By weaponizing the federal government and weaponizing social media and its connections with social media operatives, the government is trying to silence dissent. Now, you may be listening and you may agree that what some people say about COVID-19 or the vaccines or masks or anything like that is profoundly stupid and they shouldn't be saying it publicly. You are absolutely right to think that. It is within your rights to believe that somebody who has a different point of view on COVID-19, on vaccines, on masks, is stupid and should shut up. But they, like you, have a constitutional right to say it. There is no exception to the First Amendment for being stupid. In fact, New York Times versus Sullivan guarantees that if you do something stupid and write something that isn't true, if you didn't mean to do it, you're fine. You have the right to be stupid. You have the right to be wrong, but you have the right to say it. And that's what's important. You have the right to put it in 240 characters on Twitter. You have the right to post it to Facebook. You have the right to send it in an email. You have the right to text it, to call somebody and say it. You have the right to shout it on the street. Even if you're wrong. And the government cannot stop you from doing that. And the government is right now mad that a judge in Louisiana said people have the right to be wrong. And that the government cannot interfere with that. Because that's essentially what he said. It doesn't matter whether or not what the person is saying on social media is correct. They have the right to say it. And it is a violation of the First Amendment for the government to coordinate with social media companies to silence it. The freedom of speech is one of the most important freedoms that we have as Americans. And the Biden administration is really upset about that fact right now. 232-1542 is the number if you want to call and be part of the conversation. You can also send a message through the KPL app chat. We'll have more on this and your news of the day here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5 KPL. 
Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation or send a message through the KPL app chat. It needs to be noted that the Biden administration is not arguing that they weren't coordinating with social media companies. In fact, one of the things that Dowdy did was allowed for the case to move forward, which included a discovery phase. And that allowed a lot of things to come out in the case. And it was further helped with the use of the Twitter files. The Twitter files were a series of stories. Elon Musk had given the relevant information on government censorship through Twitter to several independent journalists, most of whom were from the left, but also decried the censorship. And all of that public information showed that the Biden administration was actively working with Twitter to try to silence opposition, whether it was about COVID-19 or the Hunter Biden laptop or anything that the Biden administration did not like that was being pushed by conservatives and conservative outlets on Twitter. The Biden administration isn't denying any of it. Instead, they are arguing that they should still be allowed to meet with the social media companies. They still want to be able to meet with social media companies ahead of 2024. Because they still want to silence dissent. That's what people do when they're not winning the argument. And look. I've pointed out before, I mean, you look at the polls, you look at the data, you see that the demographic groups that have been predominantly Democrat are starting to shift to the right. They're starting to shift away from Democrats. And it's because the Democrats have decided to die on hills that do not appeal to the demographic groups they try to play kissy face with. But the other thing here is that the freedom of speech, like I said, is one of the most important freedoms that we have in this country. I'm in radio. I write political stuff all the time on the internet. All it takes is one disgruntled bureaucrat to come after me through social media and I get shut down. It means a lot to me personally, but it should mean something to every single one of you because a government that could go through social media to have you silenced is a government that is just a step away from being able to do it in the real world as well. All right, we're going to take our bottom of the hour news break, Fox Business up, then our commodities report. I'll be back. Some interesting news coming out of Washington, D.C., a little bit of conservative infighting. I'll have that and more here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, some drama in the House Freedom Caucus, the conservative stalwarts of the uh, House. House Freedom Caucus ousts Marjorie Taylor Greene after class with Lauren Boebert. Oh boy. Well, 
Marjorie Taylor Greene has been... She's, she ran initially on a platform of conspiracy theories from QAnon and won election in Georgia and has maintained a strong devotion to Donald Trump. However, she has recently been siding with Kevin McCarthy more and more to the point where while most conservatives were actively against McCarthy for speaker, Marjorie Taylor Greene had hitched her wagon to him. Well, she's now been kicked out of the House Freedom Caucus because she called Representative Lauren Boebert, a fellow caucus member, a little bee. And no, that's not B-E-E like the insect. I'll let you use your imagination from there. Representative Andy Harris told Politico a vote was taken to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from the House Freedom Caucus for some of the things she's done. Harris, who did not say how he voted, told the outlet her removal was an appropriate decision. I think the way she referred to a fellow member was probably not the way we expect our members to refer to the other fellow, especially female members, Harris told Politico, apparently referring to Green's fight with Boebert on the House floor. Politico asked the Maryland Republican if Green's position on the debt bill or her support for House Speaker Kevin McCarthy factored into the decision, and Harris replied, I think all of that mattered. Marjorie Taylor Greene is is a serial adulteress, has sided with the establishment, and seeks power and influence more than actual conservative victories. The straw that broke the camel's back, according uh, according to Harris, was publicly saying things about a number, another member in terms that no one should. Green flew too close to the sun, wanted too much power, flew clo- too close to the sun, and has been kicked out of the House Freedom Caucus. The House Freedom Caucus is still where the conservative base really aligns. Uh, several members of the House are conservative and are good conservatives, but are not members of the House Freedom Caucus. But most of the conservative base agrees with the tone and rhetoric of the Freedom Caucus. Lauren Boebert is one of those. She's a good conservative. Marjorie Taylor Greene is something else entirely. I'm I'm sure Marjorie Taylor Greene is at some level conservative, but her action in recent months in particular, and just stretching to when she first ran for office, left a lot to be desired. And now we're in the position where she's been kicked out of the Freedom Caucus. This plays into a larger problem the conservatives and the Republicans currently have, which is how do you how do you tell who the true believers are? We have this problem in Louisiana. We've talked about it from time to time. We have damn near a supermajority of Republicans in the state legislature. We do not have anywhere close to a supermajority of conservatives. I think that was most obvious given this last legislative session. Most members of our legislature probably still don't know what they passed in a final budget bill. And to make matters worse, 
some of what they passed was actually detrimental. Remember, they found out that they actually took away some of the pay from judges in the state, uh, Supreme Court judges. Uh, the state Supreme Court lost uh, money it needed for a digital infrastructure upgrade, I believe it was. Uh there was a $100 million cut to healthcare in the state that was going to be used to offset retirement costs for the state, which in theory would have allowed for teacher pay raises. And everybody was talking about how much they wanted teacher pay raises. Well, Edwards got rid of that healthcare cut. And as a consequence of that, there is no teacher pay raise coming. All because they had no idea what they were actually doing with the budget. There were a lot of people who were lying about it. There were a lot of people who took essentially bribes, but really just pork money to bring back to their district because it's an election year. Republicans need to do a better job. Republican voters, I should say, need to do a better job of discerning who the true believers are. And don't let the money and the advertising and the smooth talking get in the way. And as soon as you find out that somebody is not who they said they were, you need to do everything in your power to get rid of that person. You need to be out working the streets. You need to volunteer. You need to work. You need to help get good conservatives into the legislature. Because right now, we have a handful and that's it. Really, that's the bottom line. And the fact of the matter is that it's at the state level, it's at the local level. It's at the national level. There are a lot of people pulling the wool over your eyes, saying all the right things, saying the things they think they need to say in order to win election and re-election, and then they don't do anything about it. They don't prove their worth. Lauren Boebert, whether you like her or dislike her, she has done what she said she was going to Washington, D.C. to do. Marjorie Taylor Greene has aligned herself with the establishment, a bunch of do-nothing people who seek power and they don't ever really get anything done. Kevin McCarthy's deal on the debt ceiling was a fantastic point of that. Kevin McCarthy touted this supposedly amazing deal that he was working on because he stood his ground. He fought the Biden administration on the debt ceiling and you know what happened? He put Garrett Graves in charge. Garrett Graves, the congressman from Louisiana, who probably has a lot of spending coming his way that he approves of because he approved this debt ceiling bill. He, he helped come up with the deal. This is a guy who wanted to be governor of Louisiana, by the way. Just fraudulent Republicans who say one thing but don't come anywhere close to it. And it's not unique to the Republican Party. There are plenty of Democrats who feel that way about their own party. There are plenty of progressives out there right now who feel certain that Joe Biden was a plant by the Democratic establishment to make sure that Bernie Sanders and his ideas never came to prominence in the Democratic Party. And they're fighting like hell to make sure that socialism becomes the dom or true radical socialism becomes the norm again, not just the usual socialism type stuff and liberal and progressive policies. They want far left extreme progressivism, the kind of stuff we haven't even seen yet because the left has been too scared to go all the way. There are people out there who believe that, that CNN stands for conservative news network. 
because of how they think it's unfair to progressives. That's really how they think. But they truly believe that the people that say they are on their side are not really on their side. Both sides have it. And yeah, you can go and you can look at the record. The people who run as a progressive and then don't do progressive things. Progressives do have every reason to be mad at their politicians. And it goes back to something I've been saying for years. Including the entire year and a half I've been hosting this show. What we deserve as voters is something we will never get. What we deserve is representatives and senators and politicians who actually, wonder of wonders, represent us. I said it the other day. Yes, even Democrats and progressives deserve representation that represents them. And sure, we can disagree on what is actually good for the community, the state, the country. But everybody deserves representation. That's what, I mean, we had the 4th of July this week. That's what the colonists wanted. They wanted representation. They wanted their viewpoints. They wanted their ideas. They wanted their needs to be represented in British Parliament. And Parliament said, you're not citizens, you're just lowly colonists. Washington, D.C. or Baton Rouge will look at you and me here in Lafayette and say, you don't, no, we're, we're going to tell you what you need. You're going to vote for us and we're going to tell you what you need and you're going to be damn grateful for the opportunity to vote for us. That's not representation. It's not representation at all, but that's what we get routinely from politicians. The people in, I forget which district in Georgia it's in, but the people in Marjorie Taylor Greene's district are not being represented by Marjorie Taylor Greene. They are being used to prop up her ego. It's true. They are being used to prop up her ego. The constituents in Fred Mills district, they're being used to prop up his ego because he believes that he knows better than all of us. Clay Schecksneider, Paige Cortez, John Bell Edwards, none of them actually represent us. They represent themselves and their fragile little egos. Occasionally you'll find a good politician who represents their people. And you know what? Some of you might be shocked to hear me say this, but that means you haven't been paying attention. Donald Trump represented his people. The people who were supporters of Donald Trump when he got into office, he represented them. He gave them a lot of deference. The people that were loyal to Donald Trump, he was loyal to them. If you have ever seen video from any of his rallies, what's the first thing he does whenever he walks on stage? He doesn't say, hey, give me a round of applause. I'm here. I'm great. He says, wow, look at this crowd. Give yourselves a round of applause. He claps for them. He truly does care about the people who support him and vote for him. And as a result, his administration did a lot of good conservative things. And again, Roe versus Wade wouldn't have been overturned were it not for the judges he got onto the Supreme Court. The ones he nominated and put forward. The ones he stood by, like Brett Kavanaugh, when they fell under some extreme, nonsensical, and certainly defamatory attacks. 
He stood by those judges. He nominated them. Roe versus Wade was overturned. The Supreme Court uh, reaffirmed Second Amendment rights. They reaffirmed First Amendment rights. They ruled against discrimination against Asian Americans. They've ruled for the freedom of speech, the freedom to practice your religion. Trump moved the U.S. Embassy in Israel to Jerusalem. He got rid of a terror-sponsoring general in Iran. Everybody said it was going to cause World War III. Anything he did in the Middle East was going to cause World War III, and he did it. And you know what happened? Nothing. Not a thing happened. He did it because that's what conservatives wanted. And the conservatives got what they voted in. So one of those rare moments when a politician actually does what the people voted on him to do, what his base voted on him to do. There aren't many like that. You need more politicians who will listen to their base, not just expect a vote from their base. Really need to find better representation. Don't know where it's going to come from. Not sure I have that much faith left in the people who, you know, want to run for office at this point. Maybe there's somebody out there. 232-1542 is the number if you want to call and be part of the program. We're going to take this break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show. Some more of the news of the day coming up here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL. 232-1542 is the number if you want to be Part of the conversation. We have news. The cocaine was probably not Hunter Biden's. The Biden family was on a holiday for the 4th of July. However, they have once again confirmed or reconfirmed or whatever the hell you want to call it, that the cocaine was found in a work area of the White House. It wasn't in just some place where a bunch of tourists can easily access. What's more... One reporter pointed out it was near an entrance that is close to where the vice president parks. Do I think they're trying to throw Kamala Harris under the bus or do I think they're trying to imply that Kamala Harris does cocaine? Of course not. But that is a really, really funny way of explaining it. Now, truth be told, we can tell all the jokes we want. It's very likely somebody in the White House does a bit of cocaine and just left their baggie at work. Truly, we may never know. We may never know. I get a really strong feeling, however, that the White House knows. We had Dave call in yesterday, mentioned that, you know, you go to Disney World, 
They know where you are at all times. Washington, D.C. is much the same way. Even in the White House, which has to be one of the most secure places on the planet because of what all goes on there. They know everybody who's in and out of there. Everything's monitored. There's no way the security of the White House doesn't know whose cocaine it was. But that the Secret Service so quickly came out and said, well, we may never know. Just kind of makes you stop and wonder how high up was that person? If they're going to be that quick to dismiss the idea that the person would ever be found, especially now that we know again that it was in a work area of the White House and not just some place that tourists are traipsing all over all the time. Was it Hunter Biden's? Based on the facts, probably not. But they moved really quick to say we'll never catch the person and tried to move that news cycle along, didn't they? That says a good bit, too. All right, y'all. Let's see. It is Thursday, which means one more day left in the week. I'm going to be back in 23 hours to round out the week with you. In the meantime, follow me on Joe P. Cunningham. Follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Also on threads, if you're on Meta's new site, that's kind of like Twitter, Joe P. Cunningham there as well. Threads and Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham. Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Email Joe at redstate.com. And you can also check out the podcast version of the show, Joe Cunningham Show.substack.com. And you can find out, find every episode of the show previously recorded. Shannon is, as usual, offsides, and he is up next. He's fortunately got Hippie Hannah with him to try to keep him level. We'll see how that goes. You guys have a great evening. Talk to you again soon here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.